start um, something that prevents you from reusing the same passwords over and over again. The more prevention that you have, usually the better. It's kind of a layered approach. It's, right. it's like an onion. The Technology Plus Business Podcast, brought to you by Central Technology Solutions. It's really education, MFA, education, uh, what Zero else? Trust. <laughs> Zero trust. Education. A school that had been in, in business for 100 years was taken down. I mean, they're, they're no longer in business um, because of a ransomware attack. Ben Jones is our centralized service guru. He is like the encyclopedia of us, I guess. That's the best way I can describe that role. I am usually who a lot of our people come to if they have questions. I've been in the industry for quite a while, so I've kind of seen it all. And so my role is to keep all of our software uh, working optimally and to make sure that it's implemented correctly. Yeah, so whenever, you know, we need to maybe do some upgrades or downloads, we're like, hey, should we do this? Is now a good time? Because typically, like right when it's brand new, it's it may not be a good time. You may, we need to kind of figure out uh, if our customers have different types of software that it can actually be compatible with. Um, and you kind of figure all that out and talk to the vendors and, you give them the green light, yellow light, or even red light. Yes, there have been red lights. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I always like to say that Ben is my right hand because I put out a lot of marketing things and I have to run it by him first. So I have the confidence to put it out there. So I <laughs> always appreciate Ben and all of his um, insight into the technology realm because there's a lot. There you've, is. Been, you've been at it for how long? How long have you been in IT? Oh my gosh. Um, 20 years? At least. What made you get started? Gaming, really. Um, I started out with um, computer games and just kind of fell in love with technology and computers. I started my first job at a local IT repair shop, and then it just grew from there. So the main reason we have been with us today is to answer some hard-hitting questions that MSPs do end up receiving, and either a lot of them don't want to answer them or it's kind of difficult to answer them. So one being, what should be included in your IT tool stack? Businesses know that they need to have a proper IT tool stack. They believe it can be very expensive. I say if you get hacked or an event happens, yeah, that's more expensive than implementing it to an extent. But we have been here and I'm going to have him kind of break down the bare minimum perspective first. So if you're a startup business, what do you recommend that like a, a business should have for their IT tool stack? I would say probably at the very least MFA everywhere you can, yes. um, email, um, banks, anything um, that will save you a lot of headache. Good password hygiene. So a password manager would be a really great start, um, something that prevents you from reusing the same passwords over and over again. So if a site does get breached, um, you haven't used that password uh, for your bank. So MFA, again, that's like multi-factor authentication, showing that, yes, this is me. It is not a bad actor trying to get into my banking information yes. when I'm trying to start up a business. So. That's the bare minimum. Now let's kind of compare that to something that's a little bit more well-rounded. What does that look like? Well-rounded would be, you know, of course, antivirus, anti-malware, spam and phishing protection, as well as log monitoring. 
as if you don't know that someone's attacking you, then you can't be proactive. Now let's go into the large uh, tool stack, the extensive, what does that look like? Because I feel as though, you know, with small and medium-sized businesses, they're like, oh gosh, that's that's a lot with just a few things you, you've mentioned so far. But then you go into the enterprise companies, like we're talking maybe Target, Amazon, the big shebangs. What do they typically have? A large IT staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. um, they have security professionals that do monitor their environment. They have you know, zero trust in their environment so that even if something is run, it has to be approved by somebody else. They also have uh, their machines very very well locked down so that um, you can't just run anything that you want to. Right. Because they have multiple employees that are all over the world at that point. Yes. And so from remote locations to physical locations, all of that has to be on lockdown. And they have MFA. And have MFA <laughs> and good password hygiene, all the things. So take what we said for a business startup and then a well-rounded tool stack and just like emphasize that by 10. So I pulled some stats and this is from Advisor Smith. 42% of small businesses experienced a cyber attack in the last 12 months. And then uh, Advisor Smith broke that down with a list of percentages of the type of cyber attacks these small businesses have experienced. So this is where the game is going to come into play. Okay. I'm going to list the percentage and the type of attack, and I'll provide a little description of what the attack is. So if somebody's listening, you don't know what it is, here's some education bits for you. And then, Ben, I'm going to have you say what part of a tool stack would have prevented that or would have helped prevent that. We got it? Got it. So it can be like MFA, antivirus, external scan, whatever. So first up, from the thousand plus small businesses, 24% of the cyber attacks were phishing attacks. Phishing attacks is like a phishing email. So you have a bad actor saying, hey, I'm Amazon. Um, you need to change your your password. Click here or we're going to charge you $1,200,000, something of that nature. So you fall for it. You click on it. You give them their information or your information. And now they have your information. So what tool would have helped with this? Two tools. Um, one, your spam and virus filter, but that's not 100%. Uh, the backup to that would be education, um, making sure your employees know what to click on and what not to click on. Um, and when in doubt, ask your IT guy or ask your manager. So when in doubt, just send all the bad emails to your IT guy? Pretty much. <laughs> We've seen many of them. And that's, that's the best thing to do. We've had one that um, our spam filtering didn't catch um, because it was very well crafted and the user because they were educated, sent it to us, and we were able to identify what it was going to do to their computer and remove that from any other accounts it was sent to. All right, so that's your phishing attacks. Uh, 24% were from phishing attacks. Then 19% are from data breaches. A data breach is a confidential data um, is accessed by an unauthorized party, a.k.a. a bad actor. So what type of tool would help with this? That would be mostly MFA um, and strong password hygiene um, using a password manager. That would help a lot of that. 17% were from malware attacks. So this is just malicious software yes. installed. So um, antivirus, anti-malware, zero trust platforms. 
Um, and then the other one is 15% of denial of service attacks or DOS attacks. And this is, you take down a victim's network or system through a flood of malicious traffic. Now, I think I've asked you about this. Is this where, like, the bodyguard gets, like, bombarded or something? You used a really good analogy. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Um, think <laughs> of this as um, you have one person that's trying to get in the door, and they're asking uh, repeatedly. Now, that may be annoying to one person, you know, trying to prevent people from getting in. But if you have, you know... 50, 100,000 people asking that same person, can I get him in, can I come in? It'll overwhelm that guy. So that is a good analogy. Um, the best thing for this is commercial firewall. Um, we sell WatchGuard and they have security packages that um, kind of curb this. Um, and then this actually surprised me and I wonder if this is gonna change if we get some results for 2022, but 11% is from ransomware attacks. So a ransomware is when a bad actor or a hacker has gotten into a system um, and has stolen data and they will not give it back to you unless you pay them X amount of dollars, whether it's in Bitcoin, whether it's in US dollars, whatever. But if they say, hey, give us 12 million in Bitcoin and you say no, then they're gonna either sell your information on the dark web or just release it to the general public depending on who you are and what you do. So what type of tool would help with ransomware? <laughs> um, this would uh, be in a user education. So if they don't ever click on it to begin with, that helps. Mm -hmm. um, and zero trust will also prevent this as well as anti-malware um, and antivirus that would also assist. The more prevention that you have, usually the better. It's kind of a layered approach. It's, right. it's like an onion. And then the last 15% is from other cyber attacks. So that didn't really give us much. So in all, it's really education, MFA, education, uh, what Zero else? Trust. <laughs> Zero trust, yeah. education. And a lot of this, you know, you can't rely on just the employees to go out and learn about cybersecurity. If I didn't work at an IT company, I wouldn't do it. I mean, to be fair, I grew up with a mom who was in IT, so I was kind of bombarded with it anyways. But outside of that, you, nobody just voluntarily goes out to, let me look up some information on how to be cyber safe. No. So <laughs> as an- It's not fun reading. No, and, and as an employer, it has to be your responsibility to either get a good IT partner to come on in and give them opportunities to learn or put them through a training. Yes, and reinforce that training. We do um, simulations that reinforces what we teach every month. So then I found some more information um, from the same survey, and it said that 72% of small businesses have implemented cybersecurity measures. I would hope that like 100% would, but you know, 72, that's okay. We're at that, I feel like that's getting better, better than 25%. Yeah. And then from that, they broke it down even more saying 21.3% um, have implemented a strong password policy, such as maybe like LastPass or something of that nature. Yeah. Just making sure that the users use uh, something other than password one. Yeah. Or one, two, three, four. Yeah. 20.4% uh, have implemented multi-factor authentication. Again, um, you put in your password and you, you say, yes, this is me logging in to this website um, 
here's proof. And you go over to your phone or your email, you type in a code, so on and so forth. 16.6% have implemented data encryption. Um, which I thought that was pretty interesting. They took it that far, which is good. Yeah, most of um, your Windows OSs have that these days. Um, it's built in and doesn't cost anything. And then 16.4 have purchased cybersecurity software. 15.9 regularly train their employees on cybersecurity. Let's go! Yeah! That education <laughs> is what we're looking for. And then 9.4 have hired a cybersecurity consultant. Yeah. Um, I mean, a small business could be a bank or something as well. So, I mean, just having somebody come in and evaluate their security. Those percentages aren't very high if you really look at them. No. <laughs> and I mean, you got to you know take it with a grain of salt. I feel like the fact that it's above 10% besides the last one, I'm just like celebrating. I'm like, let's go. We are getting there. Um, there's more to the article. It was really interesting on the last one. I didn't um, print it off or anything because we're kind of looking down out of our notes to be completely transparent. And it said something that the younger generation who are business owners uh, take cybersecurity more seriously, but it was like 30 plus percent compared to the older demographic, which was like half that, like 13%. I believe it. Well, you see these these stats. Hackers have access to that too. So, I mean, you can see that they have a much better chance, better than 50-50, to get a business that has literally no protection. Right. So that's our little game. Thank you, Ben, for clarifying what type of tools would help. <laughs> wasn't a very fun game or friendly game, I guess. Very so, doom and gloom. <laughs> well, you're, we're just, we're being, you know, I don't like to say, we don't do fear mongering. That's something that we really try not to do. But it's cyber, and it's scary right now because no one is taking it seriously. So welcome to education of <laughs> cyber, where we really genuinely do not want to fear monger you. If you feel scared, just reach out to us. We got you. We make technology easy. What is your best advice to business owners, managers, or even financial decision makers when it comes to cybersecurity? Um, I would say make an IT budget and a security budget. And just realize that there are hackers out there that have taken down businesses completely. Um, there was one in the in the news not too um, long ago that a school that had been in in business for a hundred years was taken down. I mean that they're, they're no longer in business um, because of a ransomware attack. So you have to weigh that versus you know what it's worth to you to keep your business operational. So it's not just your data; it's your reputation. It's your reputation, and it's the livelihood of everybody that works at your, your business. Go get a consultant. <laughs> or just call us. <laughs> yes, call us. But that was one question that uh, I feel as though we kind of get asked a lot. Like, oh, well, what's what's my bare minimum of cybersecurity? Well, we just broke it down to you. We gave you some stats. So if you're looking for more information, visit our website at teamcts.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.